friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Well, hello, this is Patty Lynn Wyatt. I am your host today. And we have a fabulous guest. She's the founder of Idaho Writers, where she teaches aspiring authors how to write their own book. And she's also the author of a new release, Husband Auditions. Uh, so welcome, Angela. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. I have to go back. Your full name is Angela Ruth Strong, and Ruth is my mom's middle name. So uh, just little trivia things there that, you, you know, it's important for you to know. <laughs> but uh, uh, where did your name, Angela Ruth, where, where did that come from? Well, Ruth was my grandmother's middle name, and I mentioned in your last show that I had cancer a couple years ago. My grandma Ruth died of breast cancer when she was my age. So I'm I'm kind of living on for her. Wow. Okay. I'm always fascinated when you hear stories like that, like, oh yeah, my mom was gone by this age because of XYZ. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy when you become that age and you think they didn't make it to this point? And that's a morbid yeah. thought to start the show with today, but I just think that's so fascinating. Well, I'll just share real quick. So I never met my grandma, but what I know most about her is that when my mom got married, it was really hard for her to get married without her mom there. So when mm -hmm. I found out that I had cancer, I was like, how do I feel about death? <laughs> and, yeah. and then that was my first thought is I just want to be there for my kids to get married. And so that was my prayer. And I am now cancer free. And how long have you been cancer free? I've been cancer free since. April 15th of last year. And so my cancer is very fast growing. And if I don't have it within two years, I, it, it's gone. It won't come back most likely. So I'm over a year out. I'm, on, I'm past that halfway mark. Yay. Wow. <laughs> That's super exciting. And I bet your yeah. kids are just loving that. They were probably oh my gosh. the days. Yeah, my theme song was I'm Still Standing by Elton John. <laughs> so when I found out I was cancer-free, like on my, the day of my bell ringing after chemo, they played that song and they did a lip sync for me, which was just so fun. Oh, oh okay. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> oh. What we would do without kids, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have three as well, and uh, I... I can't even imagine. I always wanted six because I'm the baby of six. And oh. I'm so happy that I at least have three. Well, I have so. three. And then my husband that I remarried has three. So we do have six. Oh, so you're the Brady Bunch. We are. <laughs> wow. And do those six all get along? What was that? Do they all what? Do they, do they all get along? It's really interesting because his were almost out of the house. He had boy, girl, girl. I have boy, girl, girl. And his were all about nine years older than mine. So it was like he was repeating, um, uh, like using what he learned the first time around and and uh, helping me get through the second time. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I have boy, girl, girl as well. Interesting. I love I, it. He's my son's just such a protector. Yeah. Same here. And the girls get along. They're inseparable. So it's really, it's really kind of cool that they have that. I, I have two sisters, so I can't imagine what life would be like without my sisters. And I really wanted that for my daughter. So I'm so glad that they, that they have that. And yeah. I feel, I feel bad for my son that he doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have that brother, but he has a cousin that he's super close to. So that, that works for him. That's well, awesome. The, the woman they marry is going to be very lucky to have a man who knows about women. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So speaking of women, uh, I want to jump in and, and it was interesting in the other episode that you were on, we, we started with that list of um, back in um, the McCall's magazine. I want to say it was in the 1950s. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was just a, a hysterical list of like, what are you, how can you get a man basically? And you kind of shared how you were at a writer's conference and you were going through this. And this is what inspired you for your book, um, Husband Auditions. But some of the things on that list that really made me laugh and a part of me says if we went back to some of those things versus tinder and some of the online ways that we're meeting, yeah. <laughs> meeting each other i think organically it's it's actually kind of funny but it probably would would work uh there there was one to move to a state where more men than women uh there was also one go to harvard where you know you're you're going to have more men uh i know my son went to ASU with his engineering degree and he said there's not very many females there. So I would say go get an engineering degree. Uh, there you go. For you anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, so this list that you're talking about that was in my call magazine, I ended up writing a story based on that list, but then I didn't get permission from the call magazine to use it. So I had to recreate a list. And it was really fun through my Facebook group of readers. I said, hey, you guys, I need a brand new list of ways to get guys, get a husband from the 1950s. And it was such a blast. Like, I was overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't change my whole book. But my readers just came out in force and suggested some of the funniest ideas. And so their work went into my book as well. And I was able to recreate a list that would have been from the 1950s. And I did a lot of research as well. Um, but it's similar to that one. Ours is from a fake magazine called Sophia. <laughs> well, so, okay. One of the examples was ask a Ferris wheel operator to leave you at the top of the ride for longer than usual. Um, yes. you know, they were just so funny. So did you go out and after you made up your own list did you try some of these things when you were single or are they is this all fiction yeah I never tried any of them <laughs> I would love it if any of your listeners want to go try them and video them for me that would be hysterical I um, think that would be a very funny just like YouTube y you know how um there's one YouTube video where the guy uh went out to hear um nose have you seen that one? 
He went out to hear what? He he went out for rejections because he figured the more rejections he would get, the the more like he would lean into life and just be kind of numb to rejections. And so he did that. He just made video after video and he put them on YouTube and it just it went viral. It was hysterical. So I think that's a great idea to try. All yeah, these I'll have to check it out. So in my <laughs> book, they actually they are making a YouTube show and it is Kai, who's the cameraman, who suggests this to her because he's trying to get credit as a cameraman and get experience. And so he talks her into trying this list that she was hesitant to try at first. Um, yeah, so it did become a YouTube show in my book. <laughs> well, and and th- didn't one of these, uh, and maybe I'm getting it confused with what I read in your book, and what, but is there one that is becoming a movie, or was that is that just in the book? Oh, I have another book that has been made into a movie. Yes, yeah, so and what, I got to be in the name it, of that? So that was fun. What was that? What, what, What's the name of that book? That made- Oh, that one is called Finding Love in Big Sky. And so I feel like Montana's really popular right now with Yellowstone. They just opened up um, more filming in, in Montana. So I feel like that helped me get the book made. Um, but we got to go up there and be in a cowboy ball and just had a hoot with it. Yeah, that is that is awesome. So they made a movie out of your your book. Um, I think this book, Husband Auditions, would be a great movie as well. I have to agree. I feel like it would be even bigger than Hallmark. Like, it should be on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> but still, to be able to say, yes, they made a Hallmark movie out of one of my books, that's that's a really neat. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, I read a writing book by a famous literary agent, and he was talking about how all writers have different goals. And he says some writers are misguided and just want movies made out of their books. And I was like, being misguided is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I tell my husband that all the time. Ignorance really is bliss because I live a blissful <laughs> life. I truly do. It's like so many things I go, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> That's right. why I live in this space of a lot of fun, apparently. Uh. Okay, so what would you say is, you know, what would be the top five things to look for in a in a husband? And I always, when people ask me, like, what did you see in your husband that made you fall in love? And I, I met my husband when I was only 13 years old, but it was his humor. I didn't see him. He was on the other side of a fence and I was swimming in the pool and I could hear him with a group of his, you know, with just people over there. And I was laughing hysterically listening to his stupid, stupid things that he was saying. And I immediately thought, I want to meet this guy. And then the next day uh, we were, you know, calling on the phone and I talked to him for a little while, but I still did not see his face. And we talked on the phone for about a month before I actually met him. And it's kind of fun that way when you that's anticipation to to be able to see each other face to face. But humor would be my number one thing. What do you think um, when you think of like the top five on a list? Oh, humor. Humor is up there for me, too. Um, well, going into marriage, the number one predictor of divorce is content. 
So I think humor is really good, but some people take it to the side of becoming mockers. And so Mm -hmm. I would say stay away from that. Like humor is good, but with a heart behind it, with someone who really cares. And then just the, the, um, the yearning to grow. Um, I think that's important. The yearning to, um, make, make changes to become a better person because, as I state in the book, there's a verse that says it's from Jesus and it's the message translation that he says, if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So I really broke that apart because marriage is large. It's larger than us and we have to be willing to grow into it. But speaking of lists, so when I met my current husband and I had to date again in my thirties, which was horrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did write a list of things I wanted in the man that I married. And one, one of the things I wrote was that I wanted him to be a good singer, but I'm a horrible <laughs> singer. So I wrote that down and I thought, that's not fair. Like, why should I, he has to be a good singer when I can't sing? And so I crossed okay, that off wait, my list. I, I do have to find out that that's so funny. It's like, I mean, I know, you know, we're going through things, which obviously both of us, the number one thing is Jesus. Like that's the center oh, yeah. of all of this. But yeah, singing. Did you want him to like sing to you at night, or did you want to just be able to do karaoke with him? Like, what? What? Did oh you my want? gosh. Okay, so if you follow my Facebook at all, you will see tons of karaoke videos. <laughs> That's what we do. That's like our fun thing, and he's amazing. And when we go to concerts together, like I'm not videoing Garth Brooks on stage. I'm videoing him singing along with Garth Brooks. And so okay, I just feel like God knows the desires of our hearts and he will bless us in unexpected ways. And so I'm just so blessed to be bar- married to a man who sings so much better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So singing's on your list. What else did you have? Um, so Jesus, of course, I wanted him to be passionate about Jesus. I wanted him to be passionate about books because um, that's what I do is I write books and uh, my first husband claimed that I had the first affair because I loved writing more than him. That was his reasoning for, you know, leaving me. Um, so I didn't, I was really hesitant to write again, actually. And I wow. wanted someone who would support my dreams and understand. And so he definitely has that. Though he doesn't read, he listens to audiobooks, and usually they're Star Wars. But I figure that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I wanted someone who cared about health um, because I also teach yoga and he doesn't, he's come, he used to come to my yoga classes, but now he's um, too comfortable with me, I guess. I don't know, but um, (laughs) (laughs) he was willing to try that out. And then I wanted someone who enjoyed dancing and we, I I pictured like um, salsa, but he's more of a country swing dancer. So I, like that works as well that's that's awesome I did not get a dancer and and it is funny because I absolutely love to dance and I'm one of those weirdos at at a wedding I'm out there dancing by myself oh I love (laughs) it I just like to dance yeah the thing about him though that made me realize that our relationship was going to work is um, we'd started dating and I had like the biggest crush ever, but I felt guilty for being so happy when my kids were going through such a hard time with um, being in the middle of a divorce and 
and their dad had just remarried. And so like everything was up in the air for them. And so I told Jim, I said, I don't, I said, I really would love to get to know you, but I just don't feel like I should be dating right now. And he said, um, he was so respectful. Like he was sad and he respected my decision and I wasn't mm-hmm. used to that. And I was like, wow, if he is that respectful and still supportive when I don't give him what I, what he wants, I was like, I feel like maybe this could work. So the whole respect issue, I know that they say uh, men are supposed to love their wives and women are supposed to respect their husbands. But for me, that's what showed me it was, it was something that was going to last. Mm-hmm. So what was the time frame from your divorce to getting married to Jim? So it would have been in May that um, my first husband started his affair and he left that summer. And so I didn't meet, I met Jim a month later. I mean, no, no, strike that, strike that a year later, (laughs) big difference. A year. Um, But no, my best friend and I, we'd, we'd been married friends together and then our husbands left us around the same time. And that's when we really bonded. And so we were single together. And so she'd actually, she knew Jim and she messaged me one night and she's like, Hey, check out Jim Strong on Facebook. And I thought she was interested in him. So I went and friended him to check him out for her. And then she said, he'd be perfect for you. And then I was all embarrassed. (laughs) And so it, it was, um, a, a single, a church singles group, a barbecue in someone's backyard where we met a year a little over a year later but then he didn't call me for two months and it was because he was in a place where he wasn't thinking he was gonna date he was like done with women he was gonna move to Alaska and get a dog and never date again um but I kind of ruined that for him so he had to come to the place where he was ready before he pursued me he had to come to a place where he was ready to um make a relationship work Oh, that, that is a great, a great story. Now you wrote this obviously after you've been, you had been married for a while and then that's when you started thinking about this husband auditions. But one of the things that you have in your, um, book, uh, you, you had done a lot of research on dysfunctional relationships and you you talk a little bit about it listed the seven different heart issues and one of them mm-hmm. was laziness, uh, which working with women, I do um, coaching and and some mediation and that that does seem to be the number one thing is is that women feel like and it is hard as a mom because you feel like you do everything like they're sitting there watching a football game. And you're over here getting, you know, signing lunch, get everything together and you're still doing laundry and they're over here going, come sit down, babe, come sit down and watch football with me. And you're like, what? Um, But what would you say, um, like, how do you, how do you deal with this? Especially in the younger generations, what, what I have seen is that there's a little bit more of a pool to game to you know do the gaming and it Mm -hmm. can be very highly addicting so they're over here gaming and you know playing halo with their buddies or whatever the next uh you know Fortnite or whatever and you're having to get five thousand things done um what what are your thoughts on that yeah that's so hard i see that too and in in the classes that i took and they talked about the different heart issues 
selfishness, anger, pride, all of those. She said that out of all of them, the laziness is what triggers women the most. Like they can put up with the angry man. They can put up with the selfish man, but they can't put up with a lazy man. And it's it's so hard to have a relationship with one because he won't get out of his butt dent on the couch. And I have that in my book. He has a butt dent um, <laughs> to put in the effort. Like it makes you feel like you're not worth the effort. And so in those situations, it's, it would be about not enabling him, you know, like if don't take him dinner on the couch. I mean, every now and then if it's, you know, a fun night where you're just chilling, but don't, don't have everybody else eat around the table and then take him dinner on the couch. If he wants it, he's going to have to step up to it. Don't, don't do the work for him. And that's something I learned from my counselor too, is when you um, do something for someone that they could do themselves, you're ultimately harming them. And so that really applies with the lazy someone in a relationship with someone lazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great tip. And what, uh, what is your, your take on the reality of modern Christian dating right now? Uh, I find it interesting because I don't know if it's COVID. I know they haven't, you know, there is some research that, that I know New York times, I read a whole article on um, just why are, are couples separating simply because they're having to live in the same house together 24-7, uh, where reality of what it what it looks like to be with this person now and not even get a chance to go to work. But we're also dealing with how do, you know, how do you even get to know somebody when everything's closed? And if you're not doing it online for the last year and a half, it's been difficult to to let it happen organically because you're not going into the workplace, you're not going, you know, into restaurants and et cetera, et cetera. You're not, you're driving through Starbucks even. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. Um, that is so hard. And I, I'm glad I'm not going through that. I think my kids are dealing with that more with, um, online school and, um, they are working, so they do have that, but yeah, it seems like online is really the only way it can happen anymore. I guess at church, when churches are open, but I think it's just, it's definitely a different time. Yeah. And and, and that's a whole other conversation, right? Because of, of going into <laughs> church, because even that, we're doing that yeah. online. So it's trying to find those life groups that mm-hmm. you can meet smaller homes and smaller groups and yet so many people are still even watching watching church online true yeah Um, Yeah, well I'm I'm hoping to write sequels to these books because I do want to deal with every one of the heart issues so in my in husband auditions Mary has a fearful heart she's afraid of not getting married which creates an interesting dynamic because he's too lazy to pursue a relationship where he would have to do any work and she's too afraid of not having a relationship. Um, so I, I kind of like to play with that, the dynamic of people coming from different directions. And and that's that's a great, I mean, that the fear of it, I think, happens to a lot of women as they're getting older, where they think uh, God's not going to provide for me. God's not going to bring this man or there is someone there and you kind of forget your list and just Mm. go with, 
but this is what I need to settle for. Maybe my list was too high. My standards are too high. And I, I have my junk, so I'll just fit it in with his junk. And right. We'll, and as you we'll get older, you get, you get more baggage. So when I was dating in my 30s, like people were divorced. You know, I didn't deal with that in my 20s. So I remember a friend who went through this, another writer friend. And she's like, man, my, his baggage makes my baggage look like a fanny pack. <laughs> so, so that changes the dynamic as well. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. How, what was the craziest story you have when you were dating in your thirties? Uh, I had this one guy, this one guy told me he was psychic. And so I said, um, okay, so if you're psychic, tell me, am I going to go out on a date with you? And he <laughs> said, I was, and I said, nope. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's good. That's I quite a line, right? <laughs> I can't even imagine. I know. Um, and and what would uh what was like the 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 feeling that you had? Did you did you go through that like okay, well maybe it's meant for me to never get married again? Yeah, when I was going through my divorce, I didn't think I'd date again. Um I couldn't imagine because I'd opened up myself completely to this one person and thought we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And I can't imagine being that open and real with anybody else with the possibility of them breaking my heart all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We have just a couple of minutes left. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for listening to your calling of even writing this book, which is just so full of humor and so much fun. And yet the the romance and the healthiness of what a relationship looks like. Uh, there's a great quote uh, from Charles Dickens that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. And mm -hmm. you definitely hit that hit that spot there. Uh, so thank you for that. And for those of you that are listening, please uh, subscribe to Girlfriend It, and you can also rate us on iTunes. But in the last minute here, Angela, what would be just a fun tip for people that are in that dating field uh, right now? And especially, like I said, with, with COVID and everything else, what, what smart facts do you have or smart tips and tricks do you have for them? Well, this would just be in general for whatever anybody is going through in life. Um, as a writer, I look at my life the way, you know, like I imagine God sees my life the way I see the, the character arc of my characters. And so I know that when I write a book, the darker the black moment, the more powerful the story of overcoming. And so for that story to be really powerful your black moment has to be really dark it has to feel like all hope is lost like when everything's going wrong it has to get worse it has to feel like it's impossible and that's when I shake my fist at heaven and I say I am on to you God I know that the darker my black moment the more powerful this story is going to become <laughs> 